Are you all well? You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul writes to the church and he says, when you come together, every time you come together, each one of you has something to bring. And then he lists them. He says, some have a psalm. That doesn't mean we read one of the 150 psalms. It means as the psalms were written as an overflow of the expression of the people of God as they were on a journey. It's what the psalms of Ascent are. But an overflow of our hearts of what God is saying. Some have a tongue, an interpretation. Some have a teaching. And then Paul says, and this must be done. Everyone say must. It must be done for the strengthening of the church. And this morning I was just watching, just thinking it's so good just to be together. It's so good to worship together. And um, can we turn these lights down just slightly? I'm like, ah, <laughs> who's got the lights there? Are they at the back? Thank you. Oh, so good. <laughs> and so where's Will? I just want to thank Will. Will, thank you. It's so good to have the Tata family back in the house. Bless you guys. So, so good. Even with no screens, Will rocked it. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. As you can see, there's lots of stuff happening every week, and they have to, the workers and have to do the work and then clear up uh, for Sunday meetings. But in the next few weeks, all that sound booth is all going to go away, and there's going to be a little cafe there. Yeah. And then this door is going to go away, and there's going to be a window, and then the act will be access to the nursing mum's room, so they'll have a, uh, a window. And then, then downstairs in the basement is all being redone. Um, so, yes, lots of stuff happening. So thank you for your patience. So this must be done, Paul says, for the strengthening of the church. And... Sometimes uh, when God moves, it's unpredictable. It's spontaneous. God just moves. The Holy Spirit moves. And as Josh was instructing today, it says, some have a word of instruction. And I felt today we have been instructed by the Holy Spirit. Instructed as we, as we were worshiping. This is what God is saying to us about sorting things out, about relationships. One of the acts of worship that Paul writes when he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. He talks about living in harmony with one another. You know, that actually is worship. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different. I kind of thrown away my notes today. I had something prepared for this morning. I'm going to do that next week. Um, but I want to read something. I'm going to read six verses from Ephesians. And if you can get your Bibles out or your phone's out, we no longer hear the swishing of pages anymore. <laughs> you can get an app, actually, that makes it sound like the swishing of pages. But as Will was leading us about let your kingdom come, yours is the kingdom on earth. Let heaven come. You know, the kingdom of God is bigger than the church. The kingdom is the king, is the domain of the king. It's the king's domain. And Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Who's the king? Jesus is the king. And is there sickness in heaven? Is there depression in heaven? Is there weariness in heaven? 
Is there poverty in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? So Jesus is saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I loved the meeting, just sitting, just talking about confession. And because there is a truth, there's a reality that goes way beyond the reality that we see in the natural. And that's why God's word is so important, that we know God's word. I know many of the young people are uh, reading the whole Bible in one month right now. That's a pretty intense reading. So fresh yesterday. Where's fresh? He said, I got two days left, and I would have read the whole Bible in the months of January. That's pretty impressive. But you know, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And I found, so I, it's not that I don't read my Bible. I do read my Bible. But once you've read the word, this is, please don't think I'm not saying don't read your Bible. Read your Bible. But once the word gets inside of you, it becomes rhema. It becomes living. And that's why the Bible says that he will bring to our remembrance the word of God that is dwelling richly inside of us. So when you know the word, you read the word, the word becomes genosco, which means to actually become a part of you, and then you recall it. And that's where you start feeding on the word and living by the word. But you've got to get it inside of you. So I encourage you, read the word, study the word, listen to the word of God on, on, a, on a podcast, have someone read it to you. Listen to it as you go to sleep. But get the word of God in, inside of you. It's living. It's active. It's alive. It's quick. It's sharp. Hmm. Selah. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So when Josh was exhorting us, to declare and call out. The Bible calls it calling the things that be not as though they are. Well, I don't feel joy. But the Bible says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Lord, I choose joy. See, happiness comes from happenings. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Because Romans says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. His kingdom, wherever God's will is done, there the kingdom of God has come. Wherever relationships are restored, the kingdom's come. Wherever sickness is eradicated, there the kingdom of God has come. Wherever we bring the joy of the Holy Spirit, there the kingdom of God has come. And so we can, it's, there's more than just singing about it. It's, it's when we come together on a Sunday, when we gather in the week, we come together to encounter him together, to hear prophetically together. And so I'm going to hold everything that I was have had to, to share this morning. I'll jump into it next week and, and go on to it the next two weeks. But I do want to share something, and then I'm going to have Josh come back up and just continue and will if he's willing to come and just come back into time and just ministering and just allowing God to do something. This is quite interesting. I actually first heard this when I was at Bible college where Fee and I were with Pat Brune in England. Pat here, see if Pat remember who taught us this. But it's very simple, and I just thought about it in worship, and I was thinking about the kingdom. But there's just six verses I'm going to read. And if you'll allow them to go deep inside of you, You'll remember them for the rest of your life. And if you forget them, they're easy to look up. Because it's Ephesians 
chapter 1, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. There's six chapters in the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to read each one of them, and we're going to selah on each point. And then we're going to pray. So today, I'm sorry, I'm not going to preach, preach, or preach a message. I'm just going to let, you know, Paul says to Timothy, give yourself to the public reading of Scripture, sometimes a word of instruction, and to fill the room with the Word of God is everything that we need, and we'll let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. I'll read just from verse from 9 on this one. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, verse 10, to put into effect when the time will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, which is Christ. God's purpose, here it is in Ephesians 1, verse 10, is to bring all things in heaven and on earth under the headship of Jesus Christ. God's purpose, Ephesians 1 verse 10, is to bring all things, everyone say all things, in heaven and on earth, under the headship of Jesus Christ. Selah. How's that going to happen? Let's keep reading. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's work, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we, who's we? The church. Are God's workmanship, his handiwork, which he created us in advance. He prepared in advance. You know, God is a really good planner. You know, the Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. That means before God created the heavens and the earth, and before he created man, he already knew that when he did that, he would create man and man would fall. And so he created an answer to pay for man's sin before he even created the heavens and the earth. What? That's some pretty big foresight. Okay, so I'm going to read it again. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared for us. Who's us? I'll prove it to you. Chapter 3, verse 10. His intent was, verse, chapter 3, verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the ecclesia, his people, Ecclesia means called out ones, those who've been taken out of darkness and brought into his marvelous kingdom of light. Not people who go to church. We don't go to church. We are the church across the whole world. It was his intent that now through the church, the manifold, which means multifaceted, when you have a manifold in a car, the manifold is, it distributes the power. Manifold, now the multifaceted wisdom of God is being displayed 
through the church, his wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities, even in the heavenly realms. So chapter Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Now the manifold wisdom of God is being displayed through the church. The manifold wisdom of God is being displayed through the church. How? Having an understanding of God's divine purpose to bring all things in heaven and on earth under the headship of Christ. How's he going to do that? Through his church, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Chapter 3, verse 10, and now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is being displayed. Chapter 4, verse 10, for he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. God is interested in filling the whole universe with his glory. And his glory is his nature. I'm just going to just review some old lessons. When, God, when Moses says, God, will, me, will you show me your glory? God says, no one has, this is Old Testament, no one has seen my glory and lived, but I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And when I pass by, you will see my glory. And what Moses saw was his glory. And then it lists, he saw his goodness. He saw his patience. He saw his kindness. Yeah. He saw his slowness to anger. So when we say, Lord, let your glory fall, what we're actually saying is, Lord, let your very nature fill this room. When we say, God, let your presence come and fill this room, we're actually saying, Lord, please be present. It's not a mystical cloud that charismatics want to just say, oh, can you feel his presence? God wants to come and be so present that ultimately his presence will come on earth so much that the spirit and the bride together will say, come, Lord Jesus. I'll say that again. And the spirit and the bride will say, come, Lord Jesus. It will be that close because his kingdom is coming all the time. What's his kingdom? It's his will. Wherever his will is done, there the kingdom of God has come. That's why it's so important that we continue to walk and we continue to... Well, let's read the next one. <laughs> Chapter 5, verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. <laughs> Chapter 5, verse 10. If you want to preach to yourself, just read this. It, it tells a little story. You can read it in bed. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out. How do we find out what pleases the Lord? How do we find out what God loves? How do we find out what God hates? We read the word. We find, and when we read the word, we're reading his voice in print. His, this book is alive. It's living and it's active. Whew. Find out what pleases the Lord. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives to say, Holy Spirit, will you, I, I really yield to you. I submit to you. He starts to lead us. Think on that which is lovely, Philippians says. That think on that which is of a good report. Think on that which is wholesome. Find out what pleases the Lord. Ephesians 5 verse 10. Find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. 
And finally, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Will, if you can come back up, and musicians. Mm. And finally, <laughs> that's what Paul says in Ephesians 6. And finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. When Josh was exhorting us earlier about to calling out those things and declaring those things, the Bible calls it calling the things that be not as though, as though they are. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. That's why declaring, and I'd love to just to do that today. Start declaring. If you're stuck, start declaring about being unstuck. It's calling the things that be not as though they are. That's why Paul says we fix our eyes not on what we see, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You say, but that's the reality of what I'm living in. But let's believe in a higher reality, which is God's word. Amen. Sila. Sila. Hmm. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Last few, a couple of weeks ago, we had a lady named Pizzi speaking. And she said something that I thought was really profound. She said, love has a speed because love is patient. Love has a rhythm because love is patient and love is kind. some of you right this morning I just believe the Holy Spirit wants you to be kind to yourself Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says if anyone is caught in sin let you who are spiritual restore them gently everyone say restore them gently that's a speed when you restore something or somebody gently that's a speed Back had a word earlier about loving people, forgiving people. There's another word about forgiving people. And so powerful that we, there's a seal our moment to stop and say, I'm really going to check my heart. Because we can jam things up when we take offense. injustice and you want to fight I know what that's like as a pastor you don't get to fight back you don't get to respond last, last month I said Lord it's just so unfair I don't get to retaliate I don't get to say my side of the story but heaven knows stop an injustice 
we can stop by listening to accusations. No, my dad told us this principle when we were kids growing up. That's why it's so good to teach your children the ways of God. And then later on they realize, oh, that's the word of God. growing up this was a principle that we lived by and not knowing until I got older that it's actually a scripture that he who speaks first always seems right until the other one brings their case I was thinking about this this week he who speaks first always seems right until the other one brings their case and I, I don't know about you but I love asking the scriptures questions so I asked the Lord this but what if the other one never brings their case then it's just out there and I read it again he who speaks first always seems right seems right well that would suggest that he who speaks first is then for wrong I just felt the whisper of heaven say this what would happen if the person that spoke first didn't speak that's the ultimate Instead of he who speaks first, trying to be right, if that person just went to their brother and sorted it out or took it to the Lord, sometimes things aren't fixable. That's why Romans says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. on your heart I learned this too last this last week that when you put your hand on your heart scientifically it's actually proven that when you speak to your heart it actually heals your heart <laughs> when you speak truth and you lay hands on yourself the Bible says it's Ephesians 6 sorry Hebrews 6 is is an elementary foundational teaching and one of those elementary teachings is the laying on of hands and when we lay hands on our heart and we speak we speak into our heart let me just talk about the heart I was going to talk about this today I'm I'm not going to preach you know we have a thinking heart As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Above all things, Proverbs says, guard your heart. Why? Because from it, the issues of life flow. 
Church, it's important that we guard our hearts above everything. Guard them. We're a very complex piece of kit. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a lot more to our hearts than perhaps we realize. And in this moment today, I just want us to take this moment to Sila, which means to pause. And with your own hand on your own heart, maybe you just need to forgive somebody just speak to that heart of yours and say I forgive them maybe you need to forgive yourself rhythms of your grace we would learn to walk in your kindness we learn to walk in your goodness and in doing so we're learning to walk in your glory because that's what you're like next few moments and ask Will just to minister to us just sit if you want to stand you're welcome to and ask Josh to come and just release some stuff let's practice Selah in this moment prophetic appointment with a team of people from Scotland while we were on our anniversary we had to wake up at 6.30 in the morning because of the time difference this prophetic team began to just prophesy they were so accurate about the churches and different churches and people who are a part of this ministry but for the local church here Thank you. 